Hi, this is Mitch Doan, and along with Jamie Richardson, we're your hosts of the Breakthrough Active podcast. We aim to deep dive into health and fitness that will help bring you a better understanding of topics that are of interest to you and can help you on your own journey. If you are enjoying the episodes, we'd love for you to leave us a rating on the platform you listen to your podcasts. Enough from me, sit back, relax and enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome back to the Breakthrough Active Podcast. Uh, My name is Mitch, I'm your host again today. Uh, Before we get into uh, the topic of today, which is going to be around reading food labels, excuse me. Uh, I did want to just give you a quick fact, which is completely unrelated, but I did come across it last night and I thought it was crazy. So I wanted to share it with you and um, maybe you won't think it's crazy, maybe you will. But uh, what I saw was for sharks, so sharks swimming in the ocean, 100 million sharks every year are getting killed by humans. I thought that was an incredible number. Uh, and then underneath that fact, there was another fact saying that 10 people die every year from shark attacks. So, yeah, we've got a very, um, well, I know I'm quite petrified of sharks, but odds are in our favour when it comes to if we are going to die from sharks or not. Um, and 100 million get killed each year. Crazy. Um, okay, on to the topic for today. It's going to be about how to read food labels. So... Uh, This is a requested topic and one that over the years I do get asked quite often about um, from members and clients as to what they need to look for when they are reading the back of food packaging. So whether that is when they are at the store and they are deciding what they are, what they should be buying and they might have a bit of a bit of a look through the the packaging um, of the product that they're looking at or even when they're at home and they're trying to figure out, you know, what foods are healthier, what foods aren't which ones have more protein, which ones have more sugar, which ones have calories, more calories, um, et cetera, et cetera. So I wanted to put forward a few of the main things that you are needing to look for if you are reading the back of a package and looking at a label, because it can be quite confusing. There's all sorts of numbers, um, kilojoules, fats, protein, sugars, carbohydrates, sodium, and then you've got the list of ingredients. We have all sorts of mumbo jumbo on there that you know, a little bit hard to uh, decipher if you don't really know what you're looking for. So I'm just going to try to simplify that process and give you a few main topics and a few main things to look for and consider when you are reading the back of a food package, whether it is at the grocery store or whether it is at home. Uh, so the first one, which I think is really important that you need to look at and know is the serving size. So when you are looking at the back of the packet, it will actually have what the recommended serving size is. So I'm gonna use peanut butter as an example. So their recommended serving size is 20 grams, which is about one tablespoon. So that's the first thing you need to look at because just because this product and this brand are recommending the serving size to be, let's say 20 grams, that doesn't necessarily mean that you need to use 20 grams of peanut butter every time you have it. Um, I love peanut butter, so I, I, uh, I am very known to, to eat this in excess at times. Uh, but if I am having it on, on some toast or something, sometimes I won't have close to 20 grams. So that's the first thing that you do need to look at. That Just because the recommended serving size is on there, it doesn't mean you need to follow that. But 
every or just about every uh, package or label that I've looked at does have a serving size and then they will have the uh, corresponding numbers as it pertains to, to proteins and fats and sugars and sodium and, and all of that jazz there as well. So, uh, which I will be covering here in a moment as to, to what they all sort of look at, but just wanted you to be aware that just because there is a serving size doesn't mean you need to follow it. Some brands have a larger serving size uh, as a recommendation and I feel like it's just purely based off the fact that if you eat more of it per serve you're going to go through the product quicker and that means you're going to have to buy it more often uh, which is marketing genius um, and then there's other ones that have smaller serving sizes and I feel like that their ploy for having the smaller serving size is so it appears as though it's less calories, less sugar, um, less fat, you know all those things that we maybe are trying to minimize uh, and again just marketing genius because they know that some people do read it and if something is only a five gram serving size and it has you know 17 calories but normally you have five times that every time you eat it then it's not really uh, perhaps as healthy as you think so definitely something to consider um, alongside the serving size uh, is often most times they have another one which uh, reads every 100 grams, so per 100 grams. So using my peanut butter example again, if the serve, recommended serving size is 20 grams, they will have a per 100 gram measurement as well. So just to do some quick maths, you know that is five times the recommended serving size, and then they have all the corresponding numbers underneath. Now, my belief for this is this per 100 gram measurement is effectively meaningless because more times than not, and I mean the very vast majority, you aren't actually going to be having anywhere near 100 grams of the product. So again, using my example, 20 grams of peanut butter is the recommended serving size. Maybe you have a little bit less, maybe you have a little bit more, but you aren't going to be having 100 grams of peanut butter in a serving and so or in a sitting. At least I'd hope not. I may have gone close in the past. I won't lie. But for the most part, you're not going to have that much. So that uh, metric and that measurement of per 100 grams, I don't feel like has that much meaning and, and isn't really something you should be looking at. It's just another way and another set of numbers to confuse people who are looking at it and trying to make sense of it. So if you are looking at per 100 grams, unless by chance you know it is about 100 grams of what you're having each time, it's not really going to be that much use to you. So more, uh, more often than not, you're going to be better off looking at the serving size as opposed to per 100 grams. Uh, the next one, so, so getting into the nuts and bolts a little bit more. Every single product will normally right at the very top, it'll have a measurement of energy. And the energy, uh, I guess the metric what they measure within energy is kilojoules, which is also calories. So not to say they're the same number, but kilojoules is uh, the form of, or the unit of measurement that they use for energy. And then you just need to do some very quick maths to be able to determine how many calories are within those kilojoules. So if we're being specific, if you are dividing that number of kilojoules by 4.2, that is going to give you pretty much exactly how many calories it has. So that means if something has 42 kilojoules, you divide that by 4.2, it's going to have 10 calories. So obviously that's you know pretty hard to, to calculate unless you do have a calculator. So an easy way to do this is just to divide it by four. So if something has 100 kilojoules, divide by four, it's gonna have about 25 calories. 
So th there are some products and some brands that have kilojoules and then they have calories as well, but not all of them. So it, it is a little bit sneaky because a lot of people don't realize uh, how many calories are in a kilojoule and they don't know the, the quick maths that you need to do to calculate that. But uh, some of them do. But for those of you who um, are looking at calories and kilojoules and trying to make sense of that, just know that you divide that kilojoule number by about four and that's going to give you the amount of calories in that product so that that's the the one that has been standardized and you need to have that you know on on the product normally it's at the very top so if you're tracking that looking at that um kilojoules divide by four equals calories uh the next one which i want to look at and i don't want to go too much into this and go down the rabbit hole at all uh, because i could talk all day about it but uh, it also will have measurements of the amount of protein, the amount of fats, the amount of carbohydrates, and also the amount of sugars. So sugar is a form of carbohydrates. And the amount of sodium. So they're the four that you will see pretty much on everything. Uh, there are some other products here and there that will have different types of fats, saturated, monosaturated, all different types of fats on there. Um, different types of carbohydrates, dietary fiber, um, and there's a few other things that you might see appear on there. But I think that they are the four that you are needing to look at. Like I said, I don't want to go into how much, um, I guess, is good as it relates to the amount of protein or carbohydrates or sodium or anything like that. It is going to be very dependent on, on your whole day of food, not just that one serving size or that one meal. And it also is going to depend on what you're looking to improve and achieve with your fitness goals. So I won't talk about that. But if you are trying or wanting to, to track your macronutrients and track the amount of protein you eat each day, track the amount of fats and carbohydrates, um, then that's where these numbers here are going to be really helpful. You can uh, use that in whatever app you're using. Most people you know, opt with MyFitnessPal, but there are a few other ones that you can use where it tracks all of these. Uh, but even with that being said, you, you are able to normally scan the barcode and all these numbers will just appear in uh, in the app if you are tracking it. But um, yeah, just to keep it simple, they're the four that you, are, that you will see more often than not and ones that are going to represent obviously how much is in every serve of the product that you're uh, consuming. And the last one, uh, which is can be a little bit even more confusing, uh, again, is the ingredient list. So every product is going to have an ingredient list. Uh, they are required by law to have everything that they have within that product. Uh, and you will often see a list, and in that list they'll have percentages. And that, that list is always going to be in descending order. So the ones that are first in that list are the ones that the product has more of. Um, and then sometimes there will be percentage as well. So it might have that the first ingredient is 45%, the second ingredient is 25%, third ingredient 7% and so on and so forth. But they do need to list all of those from uh, the largest contribution to the smallest contribution. Um, there, there are an, an endless amount of ingredients you know, within, within these products and, and quite often you know, even I and, and I'm sure there's other people who are a little bit more in the know We'll find it hard to know exactly what these ingredients are. They have different words and different names and, and different lingos depending on you know what uh, what type of food it is or where it's manufactured and, and everything like that. So it can be a little bit tricky, but there are a few things that you do need to, uh, I guess, look out for and notice, and it's around uh, the sugar sweeteners and around sugar alcohols. So I feel like there are a few of the ones that... Um, 
if you're a little bit more aware of those, you can see these ones and identify them a little bit more easily. Uh, if there are words like syrup uh, or sweetener or anything that ends in O's, so O-S-E, uh, that can normally be assumed to mean that that's sugar. So if the label actually says no added sugar, then the product shouldn't contain any of those things, whether it is syrup, sweetener, um, or anything ending in O's. So uh, although the food may contain, I guess, some sort of natural sugars, um, that will mean that there's no added sugars. So just making sure you keep a bit of an eye out for, for some of those ones there because even though it doesn't exactly say sugar, it does uh, it does often substitute as a sugar and is effectively sugar if you're looking at it um, in the course of you know what, what sugar is you know in the, um, the whole scheme of things that they are pretty much one and the same. Uh, and the other one you need to look for is sugar alcohols, and typically they're ingredients ending in ol, so O and L. So sorbitol is one of them, maltitol is another one. There's a few other ones that I have seen. Um, you'll find them in sort of protein bars and a few other things that have sweeteners in them that don't want to have sugar in them or any of these other sugar, um, I guess, substitutes. And they have, um, I guess, their whole different type of caloric uh, measurements to them as well. They are less calories than, than regular sugar, but you will often find that they can bloat you and cause you some problems with digestion. And that's just going to be dependent on the person that I've found for myself and, and some clients that I've worked with in the past that these sugar alcohols are actually responsible for that crappy feeling in your tummy after you eat them and, and bloating and digestion problems. So look out for those as well. Um, so they're, they're the five. So I just want to summarize here quickly uh, the things to, to be mainly looking for and things that hopefully I can help you with a little bit if you've listened to this. So number one is the serving size. So with that, make sure you're aware of how much that serving size is and just because it's recommended doesn't mean you need to have it. Uh, number two, per 100 grams. So that will often, will quite often be the uh, another measurement that they have. You don't really need to look at this. It's not really... Uh, that meaningful because very rarely we're having 100 grams of any product. Third one is kilojoules uh, or energy, and then you divide that kilojoule number by about four to get the amount of calories. Number four, we've got protein, fats, carbohydrates, and sodium. So they're just the measurements of those four. I feel like they're the ones that are on most products. So if you are tracking and, and keeping an eye on that for yourself, then they're the numbers you need to look at. And then the ingredient lists. So. They do have all sorts of ingredients. They'll list those ingredients from uh, most to least, and then also looking out for, I guess, sugar sweeteners, um, syrups, things ending in O's. They're effectively just sugar, just with a different name, and then sugar alcohols, which are ones that end in ol. And they, although they have less calories, can cause problems with your digestion and bloating. So, uh, thanks for listening, guys. I hope this helped, and I'll talk to you on the next one. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If there is a topic you'd like us to discuss that we haven't already, please make sure you reach out in Facebook Messenger and we'll do our best to cover it in the upcoming episodes. For those of you enjoying the podcast, we'd love for you to like, subscribe and leave us a rating. It really helps us grow and spread the good word. Hoping you're all having a great day and we'll be sure to see you on the next one.